Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. Skull Vikings. It is 2021 training camp, y'all. That's happening now and here. Now, it's time to welcome everyone to the 11th episode of Viking Hot Takes, the fast-moving Minnesota Vikings talk show. We've got Eric Thompson from Daily Norseman. We've got me, Flip Mozzie, from Climbing the Pocket. And we've got the Minnesota Vikings fans in the comments. So buckle up and let's go. Eric, it's training camp, man. How you feeling? It's been a minute, and now we are here. We have real football. It's well, mostly real football. There aren't pads or anything yet, but there are videos to jump way too many conclusions about. There are position battles to talk about. There is real. And it's it's great to have it back in our lives. It's uh, it's it's been way too long. It's been what five and a half, six months almost since we've seen uh, the Vikings on the field uh, in as as a full roster. So this is the one of the most exciting times of year. Hope springs eternal for all 32 teams. Well, maybe if you're not the Texans, but everyone else, you have a lot of hope. And the Vikings are no different. There's, there's a lot of stuff to be excited about. A lot of question marks to get answered still, but the, right now it's it's uh, optimism is all is abound. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's exciting times. And part part of that excitement is nobody knows what's going to happen. So let's hop to it. Y'all know how it works. Six questions. Dave, our lovely producer, is going to put the time up in the bottom right hand of the screen. And we are going to get rolling here. Question number one, Eric. Vikings have a lot of new faces in camp now. They've got 12 new free agents. One old free agent in Michael Pierce, 11 new draft picks, a bunch of undrafted free agents that I don't really care about yet. Uh, I think the kicker is new. They've got a bunch of veteran players who are healthy now. There's a lot going on. But but what I want to know is, what are you focused on in training camp? What matters most? And how do we know that training camp is going well? Well... That's a good two-part question because I think the how do we know it's going well? I think what you really want to have going well in training camp are the things that don't happen. You don't want any injuries. You don't want the you don't want players missing practices. So far, so good there with you know the, for just about everyone on the Vikings. Health is always the number one thing. You want to escape the preseason and the training camp with as few injuries as possible because there's always a few. Um, if you're the Chargers, there's always like seven. But uh, hopefully the Vikings, especially with their key players, can can go into the season healthy because that's a, that's a huge thing. You you don't want to hear any off the field stuff, things like that. But I mean that's that's the tough part about training camp, isn't it? it? You you can get excited. I mean after two days now, right now you would assume that KJ Osborne is wide receiver one with a couple of the plays that he's made with the videos that the the beat writers and everyone at training camp is tweeted yes, out. Sir. It's 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 the time to jump to conclusions. It's the time to get way too excited about what Kellen Mond did or didn't do or the interception that Kirk Cousins threw. But then he threw a fifty yard pass to Smith Marset. So <laughs> it's. It's you know I mean it's it's great to the timeline is always so fun this time of year because it's like every everyone is just so football hungry but it, that's you don't really know how it's going well besides the health thing and you know you're hoping to see improvement from from the key players and the team coming together and gelling 
But until they hit the field for week one, especially with the limited amount of padded practices that teams have this these days, it's really tough to glean a ton of information. Of course, that doesn't prevent us from trying, but I think that's the, the main thing is you want to get through healthy and you want to get through just going uh, forward and positive. And again, you know, the, when the, the practices with the Broncos start or when the scrimmages start or when the actual preseason game starts, you want to see certain guys stand out, especially the ones that are trying to make the roster or get up the depth chart. But other than that, it, it's, it's really tough to glean a ton of information. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. It's kind of the lame answer that health is really the thing we care about. You know, camp is going well if we don't have to hear about tweaks becoming more than tweaks. <laughs> now, we aren't past that with, you know, Michael Pierce right now. Uh, if the prime rookies aren't missing time due to injury either, but that hasn't quite yet happened because we got Darisaw off to a slow start. So I'm a little nervous at the start of camp. But I am optimistic for these in-person practices again. I think that's what it comes down to. We've got three weeks of this, so no need to rush to any conclusions right now. Uh, I I will say that I like to look at that depth chart, especially with the young guys. And if those guys, if the rookies and the sophomores are winning camp battles, that's that's how I know camp is going well. You know, if you've got, Dara saw getting reps over Rashad Hill, Wyatt Davis over Dakota Dozier. And, you know, we got Jim Jablonski in the comments here, giving a shout out to Oli Udo getting some first team reps. But it's those types of moves. Amir Smith-Marset over D.D. Westbrook or D.J. Wanham starting over Stephen Weatherly. That's what I'm looking for. That's how I know that camp is going well. Absolutely. Well, okay. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, we've already started touching on that a little bit. My first question is, which uh, position battle are you most excited about heading into camp? There are a lot of, uh, uh, you know, the fringe kind of things, or that you can go to straight to the starters. What What are you most excited to look at at training camp? Uh, you know, the only thing holding me back from unbridled optimism at this point in time is I, I don't. I'm just going to keep on harping on it. Is the offensive line is Dakota Dozier is still our starting right guard. So the second that we know that he's not starting week one is is going to be one of the most exciting parts of training camp this year. It's what everybody, every fan I talk to has been waiting for for, you know, eight, nine months right now. So they want to go with Oli Udo. I'm fine with that. I'm looking at Wyatt Davis to go up and get that starting spot. And I I wish I had more to say on the subject, but that is it. Let's get Dozier out of there. I mean, that's, that's where I have to end up as well. That's it. It it starts and ends. I mean, I joked with Courtney Cronin on Twitter the other day when she, uh, uh, she had her. She posted her fanny pack, which is, is essential. That's it's great. She has all her stuff on there. She, she's you know she's she's a seasoned veteran when it comes to that. But I said my favorite tradition, my second favorite tradition from her, because my first one is oh this Vikings team is very talented, but the offensive line could cave them in because I think she's written that for, you know that some uh, part of that ever since she showed up in Minnesota, and she's been one hundred percent right because that is the it's been the position that uh, the Vikings really need, especially the interior. And of course that's that's kind of been the ongoing joke is. 
whoever the starting guard is, as long as it's not Dakota Dozier, it has to be an improvement. And it really does because there's another, you know, it's not, it's not just the play on the field. It's his athletic kind of limitations. Um, Kent Platt, who is AKA math bomb. And he, he kind of invented the, the RAS score, the relative athletic score, which is a really yeah. good indicator of, you know, what, how teams like to draft and everything. And the Vikings usually like to draft a lot of high af- athletic scores and, you know, uh, Brian O'Neill was a, a perfect example that he scored in the nines out of 10 scale. And he posted uh, Dakota Dozier's, which was a 1.52 or something like that. So, it's <laughs> it, again, he just doesn't fit any part of the system. And whether it's Udo or Wyatt Davis or whoever, it has to be an improvement, right? Of course, we said right. that we asked this last year when, uh, <laughs> of course, Drew Samia is going in there. And we thought, oh, it's, it's going to be better. <laughs> it wasn't. But again, it, the, we're not act. You know, I say this every year, and I feel like a broken record. It just it doesn't have to be a great offensive line. It just has to be not actively bad. Give Kirk Cousins some time to do those rollouts, to do the play action where he really excels. And this offense, I mean, the sky's the limit with the with some of the skill players that they have around it, as long as the offensive line isn't a disaster. Yeah, I mean, what what could go wrong? I mean, at at that specific spot, right guard. If we get another two weeks of Drew Samia before we have to go back to Dakota Dozier, that's that's almost better. Like again, the comments are are happening right now. When Dozier plays, you might as well call Kirk Santa because Dakota is always being pushed onto his lap. Not quite <laughs> sure good. I follow completely there, but <laughs> I, yeah, I mean you're at the mall and. <laughs> with with just the gifts that are happening so let's just at least try something new again for the you know it's the offensive line for so for the eighth time uh let's go to the next question so like i said in the first one eric there's a lot of these one year free agents on the roster there's a lot of discussion on how good they are and how impactful they're gonna be you know in this singular year 2021 with the minnesota vikings my question is, do these one-year rentals raise expectations? Yeah, I think so, especially on the defensive end. I mean, it's they aren't guaranteed slam dunk, you know, plug-and-play veterans. You know, Patrick Peterson isn't what he used to be. And what we, you know, we've discussed that when the Vikings did sign Peterson, the price is kind of probably a little high based on the last couple of years of his play. But again, it's a one-year. You know, it's kind of a prove-it deal. Same thing with Sheldon Richardson. I, I love that signing just to give some depth and some, maybe some pass rush in the interior. It's, it does raise expectations, but it doesn't mortgage your future. And I think that was kind of the goal, especially with the lowered salary cap and the expanded, you know, what it's going up uh, pretty significantly next year. It's basically a really good way for the Vikings to still put enough chips in where they can consider themselves contenders, at least for the division. I'm, I think we're both on the same page of they're going to really have to prove some things before they're, more than just a division contender, you know, I think playoffs are very realistic. How far they go in the playoffs is they're going to have a lot of different things are going to have to break right for them. But I think, I think it's an overall, it's a pretty good strategy. I think the the players that they have picked up should be productive. And if they aren't sure that stinks, but you didn't make a long-term commitment to them. And, you know, if things really go sideways in 2021, it's, there's going to be a lot of new faces in a lot of different places, I think in 2022. So I think it's a good way for the Vikings to, to be competitive without without absolutely just destroying their future if things don't work out what do you think yeah so i look at this day one roster compared to 2020 and i just can't have higher expectations because the expectations were playoffs last year and 
again, you look from a position to position basis. I mean, Patrick Peterson could be considered an upgrade. Dalvin Tomlinson can be considered an upgrade, but like Xavier Woods is replacing Anthony Harris and, you know, Steven Weatherly is replacing Yannick Ngakwe at this point for where we were in the season last year. So I don't think that every single one of these one year free agents they brought in is going to contribute more on, um, you know, some of them may unfortunately get injured, but I, I do think that pressure is higher because these guys are all on prove it years. Basically half of our starting team is on prove it deals. They're all going to be in high pressure environments. Hopefully they succeed in that environment, but Also, when you talk about not mortgaging the future, well, that also means, you know, the Vikings may have to be looking at replacing 10 new starters in 2022. And so that worries me a little bit. They've got to get this right here in 2021 so they know who to bring back, who not to bring back, and know how to build forward from there. Because if a lot of these guys bust out, then we're just back to square one and we've got holes all over this roster. Yeah, that's totally fair. And I think that's that's the the risk that you run with all these one-year rentals. It's it's not a long-term investment, which is, which is fine if you're uh, planning on getting a lot of new pieces. But even if, you know, say the opposite is true and they have a lot of really good uh performance of all these one-year players you probably aren't going to be able to re-sign a lot of those players as well because exactly i mean you would expect either way probably have about half of these one-year rentals on another team next year just just for the fact that either they're going to price themselves out too expensive or they didn't perform well enough so that is that is a risk there are going to be a lot of moves for 2022 i think next year's free agency and of the the trades and everything that are going to go on are going to be absolutely ridiculous because of the, you know, I think a lot of teams kind of uh, the, the one year deals were really uh, pretty prevalent just because of the, the, the reduced salary cap. So I think with everyone has more money, there are going to be a lot of teams uh, switching where a lot of players switching addresses next year. Yes, sir. Okay. Right. Well, we gosh, we're we're already twelve minutes in. We're we're, we're having too much fun. We're, we're so rusty. let's go quick. Yeah. yeah no. I know. We, we're we're getting too lengthy. We got we forgot about the twenty minute clock here. All right. I'll go quick then. So, what part okay. of this team has the most to prove in twenty twenty one? I think you already touched on one. I'm I'm interested in what you hear. I mean, I got to keep on going back to it. I'm saying the offensive line, and you know, here's why. The line is the only position group where if they play well, all five starters are guaranteed to be back in 2022. Think about that. We have a chance to stabilize the worst unit on the team. We have a chance to lock in a good unit at a position group that's been terrible for years. So, you know, most people, when they're looking for proof, I think they're lying to themselves and they're really just looking for immediate results. That's not me. You know, they've got all 18 weeks to do it, but we have to prove that we fixed the offensive line. Oh, we got kicking in the suggestion back there in the chat. That's always a great one, too, because that's always a question. But the kicker went five for five today. I think we, I think we solved it. For one five, that, <laughs> all under 45 yards. I'm sure that'll be great. 15 but, points. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm here. I hear you on the, the, the offensive line. The other one, you know, I think... Um, you know, we know Didiel Hunter is going to be there. We, he looks amazing. Yeah. He looks like he's all the way back. The others, we're, we touched on that a little bit. We're, who's going to be the, you know, there was no pass rush without Daniel Hunter. We know we're going to get him back. But 
are they going to be able to double team Daniel Hunter? Are they going to be able to get other people, you know, some someone in that def- in the interior of the defense to get more of a pass rush because the secondary should be better, but there's a lot of pieces that still need to to prove a whole lot. If that pass rush isn't better, the secondary is going to really it's going to be a really tough job because I think that super young secondary it was unfair to them because they were were asked to cover a lot of really good wide receivers and it was, they just were asked to cover them too long. And with the, the roster of wide receivers, the Vikings are going to face this year. They need to get to the quarterback because they're, they're, they're facing a lot of pass catchers that can do a lot of damage. So that that's, I still have to agree with you, the offensive line, but I think the secondary and the, the other edge rush outside of the hunter have a lot to prove as well. All right. What's your last one? All right. Quick fire here, Eric. The Olympics are on, 2021 Olympics on in Tokyo right now. Maybe you're watching, maybe you're watching the Gold Cup soccer match, sports all around. But I got to know, what's your most favorite Olympic sport? What's your least favorite? I'm a sucker for like the the stuff that you only see on the Olympics. Like I I, I like the swimming, I like the gymnastics, the stuff that you see on primetime all the time. But I would like like stuff like team handball. That is like fun to watch. I lo- I would love to play team handball once. That looks like it's like kind of soccer, kind of basketball. Like I I get the angles and stuff like that. That that one's really fun to watch and the way they they can throw it like 100 miles an hour. It's amazing. But um <laughs> stuff like that. Beach volleyball is always cool too. Like stuff. It's just I like seeing sports that you you see only once every 4 years. You really really care about these USA athletes and then you never hear from them again. But um the least favorite. I think the one okay, the, there were two of them that I watched yesterday. I've been flipping through like before bed at night and like just uh-huh. I have the on demand stuff. Two of them that really confused me. The first one was judo. I thought that was like <laughs> like like all you do is you grab yes. the other guy's shirt and try to flip him. And most of the like it's like half like ninety percent of this of, of the fight is just people grabbing at each other. What like I don't I, get I it. Saw, like it's, it's I saw a judo match where the the poor woman got disqualified for kicking like in the wrong area. Like you're supposed to be kicking, but you got this. She lost the gold medal because she was kicking incorrectly when the entire right, sport like, is it, to kick. Yeah, it's like MMA with way too many rules. Like I, I just, I maybe if I was yeah. more nuanced in the sport, I get it. But and that and the, um, the other one was it's just it's 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 it seems so silly to me. I know uh, dressage, the the horse dancing, basically. Oh, the, like, the equestrian. Is, yeah, like I, I like like the jumping and everything. I get like that's your your, but like when the horse is doing the thing with the the hoofs like this, I, I'm I'm like out. I'm out. I don't I don't I don't understand it. It's not for me. So those are my least. That's that's my least favorite. But it's it's always fun to have have gymnastics. And shout to SUNY Lee, St. Paul's, Minnesota. Shout out to SUNY. That, that was awesome to yes, hear about this man. morning. Actually, we have so we have great her, to see. Uh, yep, and we have her on right here in the in the background here. So that that was awesome. So how about you? Oh, man, I'd, I'd like to hear from the fans, you know, tell me what your Olympic sports are, what you're watching. But for me, I'm just like you. Like, if I don't understand the rules, then it's it's water polo. They're blowing the whistle every two seconds. Right. Handball, you're just allowed to run around like a madman. So I don't know why you're a fan of that. Uh, and, and and the judo, man, the judo is brutal. So I'm a I'm a rules guy. Give me give me track. <laughs> 
Uh-huh. Stay in yep. your lane and the fastest person wins. I know how that works. And so I like watching that. There's too, yeah. there's too jump, many rules. Jump the highest. Jump the farthest. The end. I love it. Yes. Yeah, that stuff like Throw that. the yeah. ball the farthest. Done. That's right. what we need. So, all right. Yep. All right. Last question. Okay. Here's the big meaty one. Now that we know that Aaron Rodgers is coming back, like we both expected, we've talked about this for months. It, it was just, it, it was, wasn't not going to happen at least this year. However, now that Rodgers is back and he had all the concessions made by Green Bay, is this the last season that Rodgers will be in the NFC North? And, and notice how I phrased that question. In the NFC North, that means there, there's another team that everyone wants him to jump to. Is, is that a possibility, too? Uh, I, I do see how you phrase this question, Eric. And I hope you all see it, too. You know, to be honest, I just I don't the guys just a smug diva and I just can't even stand the thought of him to even answer this question and I just don't like the guy every time well, I say well, this, then does that mean, is he going to be on a different team then is he going to be out of here next year is it is that is, I, is this the last year time care. we have to deal he with can this do one. whatever the f he wants <laughs> if he wants to host jeopardy host jeopardy if he wants to go to like it's just not a personality I care about and and this whole like people come back they say you don't like him because he's a Vikings fan. No, it's like it's not that he's good or that I'm a Vikings fan or that he's famous. Uh, the guy is in the streets stirring talk up about himself. And then he pretends like he wasn't the source of all these rumors. Like mm-hmm. nobody believes you, Aaron Rodgers. The definition of smug is showing excessive pride in oneself. The definition <laughs> of diva I'm reading this from the dictionary. A self-important person who is temperamental and difficult to please. Okay. So when we call Rogers smug, we call Rogers a diva. That is fact. He is the literal definition of those things. So, So don't come back at me. BS opinions. If you're a closet Packer fan, closet Rogers fan, he can go or he can stay. Either way, if he stays, I hope he, we beat his ass. And I know that doesn't answer your question, but Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is a smug diva. End of debate. And I hope that he's not in the division anymore. And I think this is last year in the Packers, and I don't think that it'll actually work out. But we're up with our 20 minutes. So that's, that's we'll have to leave it at that. We'll have to leave it at that. Uh, we get at least one more or two more games against good old Rodgers and the Packers. And I'm excited for both of them because it should be a battle this year. And uh, there's there's lots more to come, isn't there, Flip? Yes, sir. Got You know, got me fired up about Rodgers there at the end, Eric. But I, I will say that we're just getting started. You know, camp has just started, climbing the pocket. We're back in the rotation, as Dave likes to say. Thank y'all for watching dave come on introduce yourself and tell the people what's coming up next on climbing the pocket hey everybody uh dave here of course and what's coming up next is this weekend you get two old bloggers which features darren campbell from Yellowknife canada an avid long blogger himself been doing it for decades and myself who's been doing it for decades And we're going to talk about the beginning of the season as Climbing the Pocket, the whole crew, all the new shows, and you'll see all their their album covers in the end in the rollout. 
start up for 2021. We go full time as of this week. Things will pick up right now, five shows a week. We're going to six uh, live shows once the season kicks off or once games start, actually preseason, with even more written content on the webpage and unbelievable podcast as well, twice a week, along with these podcasts every day. So get your climbing pocket fix. Yes, sir. Thanks, everybody. And uh, Skull Vikes. Skull, everybody. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Let's go, everybody.